theyeshiva.net. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us here from close and far, and today we're all close, even if not physically, but spiritually. Good morning, everybody. Today is um, Monday, Parshas Vayikra, Chav Zayin Adar, Tavshin Pei, the 27th day of Adar, 5780, or March 23rd, 2020. Welcome to all of you who are joining us here virtually from across the world and wherever you are. Thank you very much. And let's begin. So if you don't have your source sheets open, you can go to the yeshiva.net, go to this morning's video, Monday morning's video, and there should be a source sheet there. It should say on top, Hasidus Monday, and there should be a source sheet above the video and below the video. You can open it up and follow inside. We have began, we have begun last week, um, learning and exploring a discourse connected to Pesach, beginning with Matzah Zu. The Sefer is called Sefer HaMaymarim, Tafrish Ayin Beis, Haifen Tafrish Ayin Vav, which include discourses in Machshava, uh, Hashkafe, Kabbalah, and Hasidus of the Rebbe Rashab. And we're up to page Kuf Samach Ches. Kuf Samach Ches, almost on the bottom. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nine lines from the bottom. The line starts, As always, feel free to ask any question you would like, and you could text in your questions to 845 You could text in all of your questions, and they're being sent to me here. So feel free to ask whatever you want, and I appreciate when you ask questions so that I could feel that I'm actually speaking to somebody because I'm alone here in a room. <clears throat> so it uh, gives it a little feeling of camaraderie. So don't hesitate to ask questions, not only for your sake, but also for uh, out of your compassion and sensitivity and empathy for yours truly. So I shouldn't have to sit here and ask myself the whole time, why? Why? Eight four five seven 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 forty seven forty seven. You could text all questions. Okay, wonderful. I'm going to make a plug for a particular shear that I gave last week that I think it's worthwhile for many of you to watch or listen to. Last Thursday afternoon, we learned it's, it was a two-hour class, one o'clock p.m. last Thursday. We learned a Rashi in Parshas Vayakel, Vahanesiyim Heviyu. It was actually a talk, a sicha of the Labavitcher Rebbe, of blessed memory on that Rashi of the Nesiyim. When the leaders brought their contributions, they brought it last after everybody. And uh, we went through that uh, whole Rashi, analyzing it. It's on the yeshiva.net. I think the title is When Leaders Are Lazy, something like that. I'm sorry. Uh, just because you inspire me, you don't own me. The title is, Just Because You Inspire Me, You Don't Own Me. 
And I would suggest that uh, those who can should uh, watch it or listen to it. You could do it in double speed, so it doesn't take it doesn't take so long. I think it'll be very uh, very eye opening for many people, both in terms of how to learn Chumash and Rashi, and also in terms of some of the messages over there for life, especially in terms of those of you who are parents and leaders in your own fields, mentors, teachers, uh, therapists, uh, good friends to others, and everyone is a leader in their own way. I think the message is extremely, uh, very, very, not only moving, but also uh, it, it could help you expand a lot of paradigms. That's just a plug I wanted to make. Yesterday we had a three-hour class with children, we started at 4. I thought I'll go till 5, 5.30. I was already at 7, and I didn't answer. They were asking questions. I didn't answer most of the questions, but at some point I realized, you know, it's time to cut. Kids have to go eat to go to sleep. <clears throat> so we spent three hours together with children, literally from all over the world. Uh, Nuchim tells me there were 12,000 uh, children who joined. Uh, it was an incredible moving experience, especially to hear well, I didn't hear, but to read all of the questions of the children of ages five, six, seven, eight, nine was, uh, was mamish, I have to tell you. It was an incredible experience. It taught me so much on many levels. That was also very fascinating. We did it once last week, also Thursday, also incredibly powerful. But this time it was longer with more children, etc. You may find that very interesting. As well, I mean, most of the questions were about how to deal with the present situation of the coronavirus. Okay. Those are two little plugs, and now let's uh, let's go from business to pleasure. Okay. The line starts Nachash page Kuf Samaches. I think like nine lines from the bottom. Um, we have been exploring here the fact that the human being. The human soul is not made up of one piece. There's what's called in the Medrash, five names of the soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida. In the last year, which was on Friday, we spoke about that there is a system of how the soul is manifested. The Nefesh part of my soul could be manifested, the Ruach part, the Neshama part. Of course, they're all intimately connected. It's one soul. It's not made up of five pieces, like a birthday cake that you cut into five pieces. But the idea is that what is consciously manifested in the body and through the body may be the nefesh, or mostly the ruach, or mostly the nefesh, or the chayu, or the yechida. And he said, and there's an order. There's an order to davening. Till Baruch Sha'amar, the first section of davening, is nefesh. Psukit Zimra. Baruch Til Baruchu is connected to Ruach. And then the next section, after Baruchu, the blessings before Shema and Shema, connected to Neshama. In a person's life, when you're younger, there's the manifestation of Nefesh, then Ruach, then Neshama. And so it's true in every person's uh, individual day, in every person's life, micro, macro, and also collectively in the world there are those who manifest primarily nefesh those who manifest primarily ruach and those who manifest primarily neshama 
What is the difference between the three? In spheroids, in the faculties of the soul, nefesh is associated with netzach hoid Those are the what's called the more functional faculties. Ruach is associated with chesed gvuratiferes, which in the body is the torso and the right arm and the left arm. And neshama is associated with chachma bina das. In uh, Kabbalistic language, it's called chabad, chagas, and nehi, just an acronym. Chabad is Chachm bin Adas, Chesed Gvura Teferis, and then Netzach Hoid Yisoid. Netzach is the right thigh, Hoid the left, and Yisoid is the procreative component of the body, which we call the Ois Bris Kaidish, the Bris. He starts with Nefesh, he continues with Ruach and he, with Neshama. Nefesh is, as he put it, it's expressed in life in a commitment to a certain truth, even though there's absolutely no emotional sensation. I may not feel it. And to give a to give a very simple example for this, to give a very you know, and a very practical example for this, somebody once shared this with me. You know, you may say I know now everything is different because uh, nobody's going anywhere. Nobody's supposed to be going anywhere. Somebody will say, you know, my sister is making a wedding tonight in Montreal. I don't feel like going. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I haven't slept in a few nights. I'm in a bad mood. I, I just want to stay home. and I, 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 I don't feel like going. Yeah. And then three minutes later, They'll tell you, but I feel like I have to go. Well, you just said you don't feel like going. Of course, there's no contradiction. The person is saying, emotionally, my body is really not excited about this. But I feel like I have to go. I have a value inside of me, a conviction, that my sister's making a wedding. Every part of my of my Seichel Hayashar and my soul screams out, you don't miss your sister's wedding. I love my sister. I love her children. For me, the fact that the family is close is a very important value in life. And that trumps the value of getting a very good night's sleep <laughs> and being physically very comfortable at the moment. <clears throat> so, so I may really not be interested. What does it mean I'm not interested? Emotionally, I'm not engaged. I'm not involved. But I do it because of a conviction, because of a value. That's an example of the manifestation of nefesh. Netzach, hoid yisoid. You know, your legs are getting it done. In functionality, you have a conviction that this is true. Now, he said, there's a netzach where there's still inspirations. There's a little inspiration. There's a residue of what you experience by davening. Assuming that by davening, you experienced some excitement and enthusiasm. But sometimes there's a netzach that is devoid of any inspiration. In other words, I really don't feel like it. I'm really not interested. In a way, you could say, you're forcing yourself. But you're forcing yourself. Who's forcing you? You are forcing yourself. What is forcing you is an inner core value that you may not be able to experience emotionally. That's the manifestation of nefesh. Nefesh is tachlas, actions, what we would call maisa functionality, getting it done, right? Moving in the direction 
you know is right for you, even though you're really not feeling it. You say, my heart is not there. That's true. My heart is really not there. My heart may be telling me, no, no, there's no need for it. But there's a deeper heart that is there. And what I mean by a deeper heart is, I don't mean that I'm, I'm deeply emotional about it. I'm not. But there's, there's a truth, a conviction, a value that I hold dear that I'm playing out. So it's not you're forcing yourself because of falsehood or some alien <coughs> pressure from outside or social conformity. That can, that, that can be the case as well. But here we're talking about a value of yours that is playing itself out. That's called nefesh. In avoida, in a person's avoida, that's what nefesh is. Because nefesh is associated with the soul, the way it's manifested biologically, the way it's manifested in our physical lives. In this case, it's the godly soul, the way it's manifested in your actual actions and deeds or words in the very practical way. So Rabbi Yaakov asks a question. I'm rushing past my limitations. How do I fill the emptiness that is left afterwards? My old behavior filled a need. It was an old friend, so to speak. Now as I leave the old, insecurity, emptiness, and fear fill the new void. I assume this is a continuation of the previous classes. My old behavior filled the need. There was an old friend. Now as I leave the old, there's there's a, a new insecurity and emptiness. So I guess that's a continuation of what we discussed. And I think this is really the hardest part. We see it throughout Chumash. Every time there's a crisis in the desert, what do the Jewish people say? Let's go back to our old friend. You know the name of our old friend? Egypt. But Egypt was destructive for you. But who cares? It's an old friend. The familiar evil is better than the unfamiliar good. You know, the battered woman syndrome, the Stockholm syndrome. I go back to places that I'm used to, even though they're not good for me. And I think part of uh, morphing from one reality into a new reality is to be able to embrace the nothingness within. It's, 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 it's difficult, it's painful, because the temptation says, come back to the familiar place. But without embracing that, like we learned once, if you remember, between one yesh and another yesh, there's always an ayin in the middle. Between one state of somethingness and a new state of somethingness is a nothing, or as the Balatanya says, when you plant a seed into the, in the ground, it has to decompose for it to morph in ultimately into this beautiful, splendid tree. If you don't want the seed to decompose, if you want the seed to remain intact, it will just remain a seed for the rest of its existence, for the seed to really be transformed into a magnificent tree with all of its benefits. It really must lose its identity. And that state is called ayin be'emtsa, a nothingness. And you have to have compassion for that state. Like, expect it. There's going to be an ayin. Maybe call it withdrawal symptoms or other symptoms of this emptiness. And I really want to go right back to that fast, uh, you know, a piece of chocolate that can fill it. Whatever for you is the piece of chocolate. I'm just using it as a metaphor. But if you could hold on to your ayin, can you hold on to your ayin? Dame ayin basa. Can you hold on to your ayin? If you can hold on to your ayin, then you could become a new yesh, a higher yesh, a higher reality. If not, I can't. That's, this is a very, very important idea. So now, let's continue inside. Vihine le maile. 
Inyan ha-hido, zel inyan ha-bitl, de ha-ifanem, she-ein behem ha-sogev ha-vonerak ha-hido bovat. Why is this associated Netzach Hoid? Netzach means victory. Victory means there's adversity. I don't have to win if nobody's fighting me. You can only win if somebody's fighting me. Who am I being victorious over? All my emotions and voices inside telling me, you're not interested in this. Don't do it. Just go back to the familiar, as Rabbi Yaakov just said. Just go back to the familiar. What do you need this for? You're torturing yourself. I have to be able to have netzach. What is hoid? Hoid is the idea of being moida. Why am I being moida? Because there's somebody arguing with me. There's an argument. There's two opinions, and then I'm being moida. Who's arguing? Me. I'm arguing with me. My body and my emotions are arguing with me. They're telling me, no, no, no. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to speak this way to your children. You don't want to spend time with your children. You don't want to speak this way to your spouse. You don't want to deal with it in this way. You now want to explode and scream and maybe break a window, especially during uh, quarantine. And you have to be able, you have to be able to say, yeah, I know. I do want to go crazy. I do want to lose it. Anybody relates to this? I do want to lose it, but I'm going to be moida. There's an argument here. There's an argument between your emotions and between your inner values. And you're gonna, one of you is going to have to be Maida. So Hoid says, I'm going to be Maida. All my voices and emotions that are very eruptive are going to be Maida to the fact that there's something deeper that I consider more valuable now. Which is maybe I'll hold, I'll suppress my temper. I don't like the word suppress, but I will... Uh, contain my temper and uh, my anxiety and my anxiousness and instead I will communicate in a way that will bring me closer to the people I cherish that's very powerful I hope you understand what I'm saying I'm giving one example of temper you can give another million examples of your life but why is there a process of nitzachen why do I have to win because there's a fight inside of me. Why do I have to be moida? Why do I have to confess? Why do I have to acquiesce and surrender? Because, again, there's a debate between two people inside of me, and one has to be moida. This is all a manifestation of nefesh. Remember, nefesh. So, Like everything in this world, it manifests from above. Haida is the bitl of Eifanem. We say in the morning, there's many angels. There's Eifanem, there's Chayes HaKodesh, and there's Serafim, right? We say it today. Vaifanem, Vachayes HaKodesh, Biraj Gadol, Misnasim, Leumas, Hasrafim. The lowest level of angels are called Eifanem. Eifanem is a wheel, an eagle, like a wheel. Eifan is in Yecheskel, it's called a wheel. So he says, Eifanem represent this. Angels are not just, you know, some abstract creatures with wings that fly around. Angels represent uh, certain spiritual energies. What is the energy of an angel of Eifanem? Is the bitl of Haida without Hasaga v'Havana. Shalachena bitl shalemu b'derech sivuv, shebesivuv v'ha'guf b'shava. That's why it's called Eifanem, <coughs> where the head and the body are considered equal, equal plane, or like the Gemara speaks about a fetus in Maseches Nida, that during its the fetal state, 
as the embryo develops in the womb of its mother is Roshe ben Birkov. The head is between the knees. So the Rebbe says that's a metaphor. What's the metaphor? Shechabad v'chagas hein behelem u'behizgalos ein erak p'chines netzachoyd yisoyed bolvat. Remember, Chabad is in the brains. Chagas is the higher part of the body. Nihi is the lower part of the body. The fetal movement, the fetal uh, position is the head in between the knees. So everything is tucked in in between the knees. You ever saw the pictures? If you ever saw the x-rays, you know what I, you know what he's talking about. Reishe ben of the Gemara says this in Masechta Nida. Daflamid, I think. Daflamid. The head is between the knees. What is this representing psychologically or spiritually? My head is tucked in between the knees. Even my heart is tucked in. So what's expressed? What's expressed is the birkov, the knees, which represents netzachad yisoyed. What is that in life? In life, there's a fetal position. I'm now in a fetal position. What does it mean I'm in a fetal position? My head and my heart, my chabad and my chagas, are tucked in. What is being expressed is only the nihi, which means I don't have such a deep understanding and clarity. Nor do I have excitement and emotion and enthusiasm. What I do have is a conviction that is powerful enough to guide my actual behaviors, my movements, and my actions. This is what is the expression of nefesh in avoida in life. The ruach, then this ruach. Ruach zel mashiyesh etzle gili eireliki. Ruach of the Nefesh Alekis means there's already a revelation, a more powerful revelation of divine energy. The Indian Ruach Zeo is spineless and Nefesh and Nimshech Ruach is the emotive quality of the human soul. Nefesh is the more functional quality of the human soul, the biological quality that allows for functionality. And Ruach is the emotive quality. Nefesh itself is incredible. It's all of our biological functioning to be able to live. That includes everything. You're talking here about the nine systems in the human organism, whether it's the digestive system, the circulatory system, all of these, the respiratory system. May everyone who needs a recovery have a refuah shleim or in their respiratory systems and all other parts of their body. And all good people the world over. Amen. But all of the systems in the body, this is what allows for biological functioning. This is called nefesh. Who's responsible for this? Biochemical signals, electricity, a hundred billion neurons. Yes. But all of that is the energy of nefesh. I want you to understand this clear, what nefesh is. This is even in the animal soul. This is the electricity of the body. Ruach is the emotive quality. A machine could function beautifully. Here it's not just a machine, it's a nefesh. There's a soul. Ruach, however, is a higher experience of life. What do we mean higher? It's an emotional experience of life. In the godly soul, what is it? Nefesh is the way Avedis Hashem comes down and is manifested in actuality, regardless of where my enthusiasm may be. That's called Netzach and Hayt, Nihi, Yisait. He doesn't discuss here Yisait. He discusses Netzach and Hayt. And now we come to Ruach. Ruach, just as generally Ruach represents the emotive quality, in Avaydas Hashem, it's the Hispailus HaNefesh. Hispailus HaNefesh means the excitement of the soul. Shanim Shechlolikos Ukidiksiv, 
There's the famous verse in Kohelis and Ecclesiastes. Ruach ha'adam hiya The ruach of human is ha'ayla It ascends upwards. It gravitates upwards. Meaning, it's capable of serving as an antenna to experience something lamaila, to experience something that is higher, that is deeper, the divine energy of the world. Now we come in davening to stage two. What was stage one of davening, you remember? What is haidu? When I start davening, I'm in a fetal position which is a fascinating idea. I may not be in the mood. I'm not in the mood. I'm not excited. So why am I davening? Why, why are you davening this morning? I don't know if you're in the mood. Are you guys in the mood of davening today? You don't have to all answer simultaneously. Are you in the mood of davening today? You know what? If you're waiting to be in the mood of anything, are you in the mood of going to work today? Actually, today everybody's in the mood of going to work. Times have changed. As one child said, one child said yesterday, he said, at last, I can't wait to go to school. When's the last time you heard a child say, I can't wait to go to school? A miracle in the making. But I guess absence makes the heart grow fonder. But the truth is, if you wait to be in the mood, you could wait your whole life. Haidu Lashem Kiruvishmai means, and it's a very empowering message. You don't have to be in the mood. That's what Maid is. Maid means, I know you're arguing with me. In this sense, I'm arguing myself. I'm not. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. But I'm made that this is, this is the right thing. This is truth. If this is truth, go ahead and do it. And it manifests itself in so many things. That's why we start off Maida'ani and we start off davening. But that's only the first part of davening. Then you say Baruch Shamavayah and you just graduated into Psukkah de Zimra. Psukkah de Zimra is Ruach. So why don't we jump into Ruach? You can't jump into Ruach. It's not how life works. You have to give space for the manifestation of Nefesh. Then you can go into Ruach. Psukid is Imra of Davening. The second section of Davening is dedicated to Ruach. Now you might say, I'm not in the mood of Psukid is Imra either. <laughs> I wasn't in the mood of Haidu. I'm not in the mood of Psukid is Imra. We got that. That's already every person's personal application where you are in life. In terms of the structure of davening, the structure of davening revolves around the evolution from a place of nefesh to a place of ruach, from a biological creature to an emotive creature, or to put it in Jewish terms, from a biological Jew to an emotional Jew, to an inspired Jew. So he says, what is this? This comes from meditating all the songs. Through Pesukah de Zimra, Zimra means a song, like Zmiris, right? Zemer, Nigen, Nigen. All of the songs. And Tishbachis, the meditations of praise. Bishvachis, Shomakim, Shazel, like we say in Davening. Al kol shevach masi yadecha. The mass of her Rabbin Vatsum and Megdulus Hashem, Bebriyaz, Vishavas HaOlam is, Pesukah de Zimra is basically a long meditation on the, the divine numerous actions. And not just actions, Atsumim. Magnificent, incredible, powerful, which represents the greatness and the infinity and the dazzling enormity of what the cosmos is that's expressed in the creation of the world. Like we say from Tehillim, 
Now it's true. Th- these th- these psuk- these verses come later in davening after Baruch But he's just trying to bring out the theme of psukah de zimra is marabu masach Hashem, magadlu masach Hashem. I discussed yesterday with the children. I showed them some videos of how viruses work and how our immune system responds to the virus. You know, and it's unbelievable. It's incredible because you know, as I told them. The virus, the coronavirus, if I was the coronavirus, you can have 3.6 billion of me standing on this eraser. You see this pencil eraser? Imagine 3.6 billion of me all on this eraser comfortably. Okay, That's the size of the virus, which the body detects. And then 37 trillion cells mobilize to fight it those which are not infected by the virus. And the system, just that system, one little thing, a virus comes into a body. And remember, viruses come into us constantly. They're usually not as devastating as this virus. Just that itself is a lifetime of study. And there are people who spend their lives studying literally just this. And this is not even the daily functional organism, it's all surmerats, how we're fighting the antibodies we develop to fight us. These are all the meditations that are all included in Pesukah de Zimra. Every verse, you say, for example, Halalu Hashem in Taninim, Tahoimus, Eish, Varot, Shelig, I'm looking out the window, Shelig, Ruach sa'ara isadvari, haharim gvoyis, hpri, arazim, chaya, behema, remes, tsipur, konof. The aviation qualities of a bird, etc. When a person really gets in tune with this, so he says, Kumashayim, Shaydeh haizbeinunus bidibu yanevrayim, fa'itzim hagaydul shalahem. When one can meditate on the multitude, of created beings, of organisms, of living organisms, and other and other creatures, all 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 existence, and the the incredibleness of each one. And none of this can happen on its own. Everything was created through his utterance, meaning divine energy, and yeshmeyayin. Yeshmeyayin means literally something from nothing. It's not like, you know, God had amino acid and proteins, and he developed the world from it. It's yeshmeyayin, literally from nothingness. From nothingness. Even the great atheists will tell you that we don't know how the first cell came into being. How do you get from inorganic matter to organic matter to a living cell? Because they used to think a cell is simple, a few pieces, you know, a Lego puzzle. Today, you have in your body 50 trillion cells or 100 trillion cells. They're not sure, but big numbers. Just one cell, which of course I can't see with my eye because there's trillions of them in my body. The dazzling brilliance, it's not... It's not a house. It's not a company. It's like a whole city. It's like a whole country. 
with all of its cities, with all of its governors, with all of its municipalities, with all of its companies, corporations, with its entire community of people and animals, with all of its school system, hundreds of systems or more happening simultaneously in perfect order, in perfect order. And it's all yesh and I'm talking about one cell out of trillion cells of just one person. Never mind 7 billion people. Never mind all the mammals. Never mind fish. Never mind birds, insects, rodents, trees, bushes. And all yesh something from nothing. This is the meditation of Psukkah de Zimra. She'inyin yesh me'ayin nifla. Just thinking about Yashmeyayin is an Inyan Nifla. It's a wondrous, wondrous phenomenon. Something astounding. Somebody who tunes into this, the Nefesh, in this case is the Ruach, but he means Nefesh as the soul, emotes. There's an, emo- there's, there's an enthusiasm, there's a certain inspiration. Life is inspiring. That's his conclusion. Life is inspiring. What's inspiring about life? What's inspiring about life is just looking at it, just really studying it, meditating on it. And then there's something else. There's the meditation that you are our father. Then there's the personal relationship with God. There is the phenomenon of creation that's happening every single moment, including inside of yourself and the whole world outside of you. And that's every moment being created something from nothing. It's not that God is involved in it. He's not involved in it. It's all a manifestation of divine involvement. But then there's also the personal element, whether it's the Jewish people or individually. You are our father. All the events of Jewish history, all the way back from Mitzrayim, you liberated us from Mitzrayim, etc. And also in your individual life, you're my father, you're my mother. This all is Ruach, Hispailos HaNefesh. It can produce a certain enthusiasm. Then there is Neshama. What's Neshama? Neshama Zawinyan Seichel Vasagabelikos. Neshama represents what's called Seichel Vasag. Seichel Vasaga means understanding and awareness. And that's already a whole deeper, a deeper element. Questions? 845-777-4747. Text your questions. 845-777-4747. How does one strengthen their convictions to overcome fear, to create action? That's a good question. How does one strengthen their conviction to overcome fear, to create action. The answer that comes to me right now uh, in the present flow of consciousness is, it's like muscles. You use it or you lose it. And the more you use it, the more you build it. Like an exercise. You want a muscle to be able to function well, use it and use it again and use it again and that's how it builds. And the same is true here with practice. The moment you follow a conviction and uh, you defy fear, you create neurologically a new neural pathway. You do it again and again and again. The next time it will already be a completely different place. You'll be in a completely different place. 
Because the fact is that in the systems of neuroplasticity, we know that habits and actions create new neural pathways. New neural pathways means new ways of thinking about reality. Fear is a certain response to reality. When I defy it and I follow my conviction, the next time it's a little easier. There'll still be fear. But after a few times, your brain already has new places to go to. We call it pchira. There's choices. Your brain is not forced to go to a certain place of fear constantly because you open new vistas. You know, it's like you open new windows. There's new perspectives. Oh, I see a lion outside of my window coming to kill me if I do this. But I opened up a new window. Oh, there's another view. And I could look there and I could look there. You know, there's different perspectives. That's what I would tell you, which I think is a good answer. Reb Aaron, we miss you, Reb Aaron. The virus is one of the most Hester items in creation, it seems. The muscle of antibodies is Torah and mitzvahs. Thank you. That's what I told the children yesterday. In my session with the kids, this was my, uh, I used the virus as a metaphor. So, Boruch Shekivanti. Next question. Emotions like anger, depression, anxiety, are those parts of nefesh? Or are they also an aspect of ruach? Is there an emotive quality to nefesh? Most of the emotions are connected to ruach. But ruach can be the ruach of the godly soul, could be the ruach of the animal soul. Remember, we have to, we learned in the beginning, right? We operate on two levels of consciousness. So ruach is more the emotive quality. Yes, including these emotions. Here he's talking about the emotions of the godly soul. Very, very good point. So now we have neshama. What's neshama? Neshama is seichel v'hasaga. of nishmas shaday tevinim. God gives their neshama understanding, havona. The neshama is a inyan havona v'hasaga belikos. Neshama is already the mind. Neshama is the ability to truly get it, to understand godliness. Not, not ruach. I'm contradicting myself. A few lines ago I said, ruach. you need his bainanus. You need to contemplate. His bainanus means using your mind, understanding, and that's what helps you emote. So what are we saying? We're saying now, no, Ruach is his spilus, emotion, and Neshama is Seichel. We said, there's not going to be a spilus without awareness. I'm not going to get excited about something. I'm not going to feel enthusiasm about something if I don't have some awareness of the truth of it, of the value of it. Emes, mikolma kaim sham ha of course there has to be awareness. But over there, the primary experience is midas. Lefi, shahamidis, this is going to be a, a, a deep reflection. I'm just telling you, if you don't understand it fully in the beginning, it's normal because it's going to be a, a, a profound idea. Lefi, shahamidis, im ava v'yidativim. Shahamidis, shahamidis, yeshle beteva haratzim lelikos. Ruach tunes in to natural emotions that are embedded in the hard drive of the soul. The godly soul, by nature, it has a desire. 
to be connected to godliness. That's why there could be a mitzvah you should love. How could you tell somebody, I want you now to get emotional? You can't tell somebody to love. How can it be a mitzvah of Ava? The answer is because the godly soul, by nature, has a rots in it, has a desire to godliness. That's who it is. It's, it's, it's the DNA of a nefesh al You can't help it. It could be concealed. So the mitzvah is, help yourself actualize yourself. That's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to bring your concealment to revelation, to bring out who you are. So the midas that are embedded need help to be expressed. They don't have to be invented. They have to be actualized. They have to be expressed. I have to get in touch with what I'm really excited about. And for that, I need my mind. But I'm excited. You're excited about it. It's fine. It's there. You may not feel it, and therefore you may not know it, but it's there. Your nefesh alakis wants to be one with God. That's, that's what it is. It wants to be infinite. We like the word infinity, right? Your nefesh alakis wants to be infinite. It does not like being detached. It doesn't like being confined. It doesn't like being quarantined in a bubble. Even if it's quarantined physically, it wants to be part of infinity. That's what it wants. I may not be in touch with that. So vahafta, as Hashem alakecha means, Help yourself bring out who you are. That you can give a mitzvah on somebody. I want to help you, and I could I could help you. This is something that you can do. You can actualize something from inside. And for this, you don't need so much his bainanus necessarily, so much meditation. Even And that's Psukah de Zimra. When a person sings the praises and the truths of the world manifested in create manifested which is a manifestation of god in creation or the miracles he did for us as you remember he spoke about those two things yeah. which is not his bindingness it's just knowledge or the knowledge of the greatness of Hashem expressed in the worlds and how it was created, all of this creates that the hispilas, the emotions of the soul talakus, should be able to come out more. Remembering you are our father and he is our real life. All of this creates his spilace. Moshe Rabbeinu says, love God because he is your life. When a person can understand even what it says, love God because he is your life. What does it mean he is your life? 
I love my life. Everybody loves their life. What is it that you love? You are already loving the God. Because my life is divine energy. What is my life? My life is I love my genes. I love my cells. I love my amino acids. I love my neurons. What is it? I love my DNA. I love my RNA. I love my life. I love my life, yeah? That's what it is. My life is my genes and my cells. That's what my life is. Even though people don't go around saying, I love my cells. But that's really what I love. But what is it that I love? I love the life of it. The story of life that all of them create. And that story of life is, that is divine energy. So you already love God. Just becoming aware of that, the Rebbe says, this helps a soul become enthusiastic about its relationship with Hashem. Somebody wanted to ask? Okay. Question. How does one find Hashem and connect more to Hashem and where to start studying Torah? Well, this is a good place. You're here already. So I think you should join us every morning, we learn here, and uh, and start lo- studying Torah. How does one find Hashem and connect more to Hashem? I think you find Hashem and connect more to Hashem, like you said. I think by studying Torah is a, is, is a great, great beginning. So welcome, and uh, and thank you for joining us. And may you go from strength to strength. Dedicate, dedicate time every day, and you'll find a lot of meaning. What is the power released in an atom bomb? Where does it come from? It's got something to do with the connective power holding the atom together. Yes, <laughs> that is that is true. Is it reasonable for one to become anger towards you because you prioritize Hashem more than them? It's reasonable for people... Well, this happens sometimes in marriages. Uh, I don't know how it's connected here, but I guess it's all connected with emotions. Um, it happens sometimes. I've seen it with... Uh, People who change their lives in the middle of their marriage, and if a spouse, a husband or wife feels that God becomes more important than the other spouse, they get very, very upset, and religion becomes a source of contention. That That's why whenever you grow in terms of your relationship with God, it must never be at the expense of your uh, soul's partner, that they should feel... That you go, I know a wife who told the husband, she said, since you became more involved in Torah, I lost you. So that should not happen because a relationship with God needs to bring you closer to the people in your life whom you value. Dr. Michelle, does the Rambam argue with this sequence here? He starts, he said, with the contemplation of the cosmos, says nothing about the need to first begin with nefesh, nihi-oriented action. The way I understand it, I don't think this is a uh, an argument between the Rambam's sequence in Mishnah Torah and the sequence we're talking about here. The Rambam in Mishnah Torah is a sefer of halacha. And in halacha, he's asking, what's the first mitzvah? And he says, Yisoyed ha-yisoyed is v'amud ha-chachmas, one cannot get to anything without knowledge, meaning without basic awareness of what's true and what's right. So then I can't even have convictions or values. I may have convictions or values, but they're completely based on my own experiences of life. And those values are important, you know, what you value in life based on your experiences and based on uh, your 
understanding of life, but we know that a person could get lost there as well. So the Rambam is describing to us the basics of Yiddishkeit, the basics of Torah that can become the blueprint in which a human being operates. What he's discussing here is the way it's manifested in the person's life, so there could be the manifestation of Avaidus Hashem through Nefesh, there could be the manifestation through Ruach, and there could be the manifestation through Neshama. But I don't see it, I don't see it as, a, as a contradiction. So what are we learning here? We're learning here, there's always awareness that's needed. Of course, for Nefesh there's awareness, and for Ruach there's even more awareness that's needed. But what's the awareness? The awareness is that which can help me get in touch with pre-existing deep rooted connections that are there by nature of the divine soul and we have the same concept in the animal soul there are things that the animal soul naturally wants it wants survival it wants things that are pleasurable it wants things that are comfortable i still need awareness to point out and say "Ooh, this is a maramakam this is like a sign you want to go to Disney World. Okay, now it's closed for two weeks. I think for the first time in history. You need signs. What do the signs do? The signs don't create your desire to go to Disney World. Or you like ice cream. So there's a sign. Ice cream shop. The sign, ice cream. Oh, ice cream shop. The kids start giving ice cream shop, ice cream shop, pizza shop, ice cream shop, Disney World. Oh, the sign got you so excited. The sign didn't get you excited. The excitement is pre-existing. But without the sign, I don't know that I'm in the vicinity of an ice cream shop. I don't know that I'm in the vicinity of Disney World. I see the sign. The sign is the awareness that this is the place that you like. That's the seichel that fuels ruach. The emotions are there. The emotions are pre-existing. But they may be not actualized. So the seichel guides and it creates the awareness, the context that allows me to get in touch with emotions that are already embedded into the DNA of the animal soul or here in the DNA of the divine soul. So do we need his bainanus? Yes. I need signs, so to speak, to point me to the place and say, this is something that you will get excited about. You are excited about it. Let me help you. Let me help you put it in a certain context, whether it's looking at the world whether it's studying your personal life and learning about your relationship with God, whether it's studying Jewish history, or whether it's even a basic understanding of what God means. If you realized, he went through four ideas here. Number one, what we would call biology, science, physics, cosmology, geology, astronomy, and all those good stuff, right? That was number one, Pesukah de Zimra, which the Rambam in Hilchis Yisodia, the chapter two, or the first, one of the first few chapters says, this is the way to reach Avas Hashem and Yeris Hashem. The Rambam goes through this, which is the discussion of Sukkot Zimra. He discussed finding your personal experience with God. Everyone has their own relationship, how God led your life. You say, you're my father. You have the collective experience of Jewish history, also incredible. And at last you have here, at last you have here, the idea of whatever you love about yourself, you're already loving God. This is all 
ruach, because the DNA of the godly soul is already connected. It wants it. It just may be concealed. So the psukah de Zimra are ideas, signs, meditations that are just helping you focus in to what already pre-exists. That's why it's not called seichel, it's called midos, even though all midos use seichel. There's no midah without awareness. Then there's something else called neshama. There's something called neshama. Neshama is already a different state of consciousness. Neshama is tuning in to a different level of the soul. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> Let me take the question. Reb Aaron, over a hundred people are listening to this year live. If each of us can encourage one other person to listen, we will have over 200 and then more. And you mean spread as fast as the coronavirus. Okay, maybe that's the antidote, the antidote. Thank you, Reb Aaron. Amen. Please, that would be a great honor. You said a person's relationship with God should not get in the way of relationship with a husband or a wife or children. What about Moshe's relationship with Tzipira and how it is said to affect her? Not an easy reality to figure out. That's a very interesting question about Moshe and Tzipira. But uh, how do you know exactly how Tzipira felt about it? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Moshe did not discuss this with Tzipira. Tzipira was an incredible, incredible woman. And Tzipira may have had a very meaningful life knowing that her husband... Uh, is doing what he's doing. And I would even suggest that Tzipira may have been, um, I don't know if uh, I would express myself this way, but maybe there was even a certain, what do they call it? She may have been the wind beneath his wings. Moshe came home at night to a very quiet and uh, confidential tent where there was nothing else but his wife, and his wife was not in the limelight. So maybe Tzipira did something very, very powerful for Moshe. It's not necessarily a story of uh, of tragedy. Moshe was unique in the sense that because of his relationship with the divine, he was physically separate in terms of intimacy with his wife Tzipira. But to say that he uh, he sacrificed his wife for God, I'm not sure he sacrificed his wife for God. I would say his wife and him re- committed their whole life to God. That's what I would say. But generally, you have to be very careful that God does not get in between your marriage. And I'll tell you why. Because if God is getting in between your marriage, you're worshiping a self-made God. You're worshiping a God of religion. You're not worshiping a God of truth. Prove it. There's a mitzvah. God says, erase my name to make peace between a husband and a wife. What is that mitzvah? It's an unbelievable mitzvah. Hashem nimchik lasses shalom ben ish you erase Hashem's name. You know, you're not allowed to erase Hashem's name. But you have to erase it to make peace. What is God telling you? Erase me to make peace between you and your wife. You know why? Because by connecting with your spouse in a deeper way, you will actually have me in a real way. So erase your image of God in order to make peace. It's not always easy. Sometimes there's real conflict. Let's say the husband or the wife want to have a kosher home. And the other one wants to have pork in the house. It's not so simple. It's sometimes very complicated and you need a very wise and sensitive friend and mentor to give you advice. But generally speaking, God should not become in between marriages. It's not healthy and it's not Jewish. It's not what we do. It has to 
God has to fuel a marriage. God is the oxygen of a marriage. If God becomes the point of contention, there's something off about it. You need to redefine your God. This is a very important message. Leah, thank you. I can't imagine the state of mind I would be in if I didn't have these classes. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I love you all, and I bless you with a very, very healthy day, a day of nefesh, a day of ruach, and a day of neshama, although we didn't get to neshama yet. But for now, nefesh and ruach will uh, be powerful. Have a beautiful day. We will resume Bezer Hashem tomorrow at 8 o'clock a.m. Everybody is invited, and like Aaron said, share it with a friend, and then maybe tomorrow we can have many more people and spread the light of of Torah and the light of Pnimius Torah and the light of infinity. And uh, everybody have a meaningful and inspiring day. And even if there are moments that are not inspiring, remember, even a fetal position is also pretty powerful. If you have your uh, eyes on the uh, right trajectory for your life. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you, Rafal Hausman, our programmer. And thank you, Reb Shmuel. Thank you, everybody. And thank you all for coming and gracing us with your presence. Reb Israel, you could give me an applause even if you're so far. Thank you. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.